0: We are I. Good afternoon, everybody. This is another edition of We Are I. We're sitting down with Jen from Kiss Consulting. So the reason why Jen is here, and I found this to be very interesting, is as I was at a fundraiser for the Langley Hospice Society. Oh, Was it a week ago?
1: I think it was last Saturday.
0: Last Saturday or a Saturday before Maybe the Saturday.
1: Oh, it was two Saturdays ago. But who yeah. knows? It could have been a month ago. My life is so busy right now. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know when people ask me, you know, it's like, oh, what day is it today? I'm like, I don't know, tomorrow. I <laughs> don't yeah. It's just like I have no concept of time. No. Nope. Um, but see, there you go. There's the rabbit holes I get into all the time. But um, so Jen is, would you call it a professional or a pairing expert?
1: I mean, we can we can certainly call it that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I uh, I have a a passion for pairing in this case, alcohol with foods or with good times and just seeing how, how different foods or beverages work with or against each other. Um, and then just seeing how other people will react to that because not, not one palate is the same and not everybody has the same taste. So trying to find that sweet spot with people and how to introduce products to people who are not who, who don't self-identify as particularly liking one thing or the other, and introducing products and combinations to them that allows them to see that there is possibly something in that realm that they can enjoy. Mm-hmm.
0: See, and up until a couple of weeks ago, I would have never have bought into this. And I, I've heard people talk about pairing alcohol with food lots. You know, but actually sitting at a table with you and having you explain it as we ate, we went through these foods and, you know, something you'd researched already, you're passionate about, like, I just found it to be so fascinating. And that's the reason why I wanted you to come on, because people are going to hear the passion in your voice. They're going to understand it. And, you know, like, like, obviously, like, you know, we want to drink in moderation, but like, like this actually makes drinking and eating fun in an experience that, you know, I just never even thought of before. Mm -hmm. So that's why I want to be able to, you know, have a little, be armed with a little bit more information and, you know, just be allowed some takeaways for when they're having a dinner party or, you know, if they wanted to hire and contract you guys to come in and be able to do it for them. But um, I just, I find it to be absolutely fascinating.
1: For sure. I think my, my biggest takeaway with, with all the work that we do is regardless of whatever you choose to enjoy, uh, enjoy with quality. You don't have to, have anything in copious amounts the same with with foodstuffs so you don't have to have you know the cheap and cheerful and lots of it to have a good time sometimes you just really need something of quality and enjoy it in that moment and we we do the same thing with beverages too you don't have to have a six pack of the the cheapest beer you can find to get a buzz and have a good time when you can have just one really good craft beer or one really good bottle of wine that's well thought out and pairs well with the occasion you're going to or the food that you're making to round out the experience this is for us that's what it's all about
0: see and i actually found that because you know I think when you're young and you're just kind of getting introduced to, you know, alcohol in general, like it's just, it is just the cheapest junk, you know, and you kind of like grew up in that, that mentality just becomes like a standard norm. Mm -hmm. But I found with just having like, obviously, you know, what, we probably got a couple ounces with, you know, with each one of these, you know, meals that we had. But then you talk about it so much more Mm -hmm. and it actually becomes this experience versus we're just drinking and we're eating. Like it becomes a conversation piece about like the experience you're having with the alcohol and the food, not just, you know, like how fast can you get drunk?
1: Well, that's key there, too. I mean, you just said it eat. You don't just eat to eat and you can just eat to eat. But why do that when you can make an experience and really enjoy it and do the same thing with alcohol, too? and anybody can just get drunk to get drunk but with again a quality product that's well thought out paired with again either food or whatever you're doing or the company that you're with you know you can certainly just buy something and and do it but why not get something that's of quality and really enjoy it for what it is
0: well and with the explosion of craft breweries craft distilleries you know obviously bc is huge for wine in general anyway but uh, like, why not? And I think more people kind of need to start stepping out of the box of, like, a, a Coors Light, a Molson Canadian for a beer, where, like, you know, there's been a lot of chatter out here about these sour beers, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what's a sour beer? You know, and I know we kind of briefly talked about it a, a little bit. And, you know, like, there's, just, I, there's this whole other world, I think, that's starting to open up when it comes to, you know, like, alcohol and, you know, beers and, you know, hard alcohol or whatever the technical, I guess, name is for it. But there's just... This is where I feel like the education really needs to to come into play because there's all these artisans coming into the, the world and all these, you know, small local places opening up and we need to go experience them because they're not just
1: a beer. No, that's exactly it. Yeah, for sure. And, and style and quality are, are huge. And again, when, when you are dealing with like, say for the beer that we brought, for instance, it's, it's small, passionate, um, local producers. And so not only are you getting something that's not mass appeal, mass brand. You're also supporting your local community. Um, and it goes farther than that. You're not just supporting, say in this case, a brewery, but you're supporting uh, supporting local hop farms. And so that's farmers down the road within 100 kilometers from here. And you're supporting grain producers that are producing grain that's made in the province or made say maybe in the province next door. So it's very, um, more grassroots that way and definitely more affects your uh, local community than you would out of say necessarily a big brand or or something that's of mass appeal that we would be more in tune with as a younger drinker or somebody who is of age that's just starting out in their their drink, drinking conquest or whatever you want to call it um, just based on you do what you know and so if you're if you grow up in in say, a realm that includes craft, then you'll probably go for that. But if you grow up in in a family or a community or surrounded by people that just know bulk brands, and not to say there's anything wrong with that, uh, but that's what you're going to gravitate to. Uh, There's stats came out, I think it was fairly recently, at the end of last year, um, they look at the alcohol consumption and a different social groups throughout the country and bc has the highest craft beer consumption we would have assumed that but it's more than double of any other province Mm -hmm. and that's massive when we're talking about craft beer if you look at in langley where we are specifically like we've got i think four or five breweries opening up this summer this summer there's crazy there's like two around the corner from here there's one just down we can walk there we can we can walk it's like within a 10 kilometer walk of all of them you can do a biking tour. See, and that's what it needs to be, though. And, you know,
0: I, I'm i in two minds about this because actually like, it's like I want to believe it, but I don't know if it would be true that I would have drank less growing up if I would have drank better quality products when I was drinking because I feel it's like even with food, like, like a really good steak, I'll eat less of a good steak than like kind of an okay steak.
1: Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Because it
0: satisfies you so much more. Yeah. You know, or even you know like getting out of the house to you know go have some drinks that's not at you know like a cactus club or you know something like where you're going to like a brewery that has a little you know place attached to it and like you see like all the you know mechanics of the operation going on around and I love that you You know and you know maybe it's an age thing where I'm at in life now but I really appreciate you know seeing people do their own thing and you know how we're, we're starting to really break this mold of you know being put in these boxes and people are getting back into like you know what I love beer, so I'm going to make my own. I'm going to put it out there. It's like, you know, building a dresser or, you know, yeah. personal training or anything, any of these services of people are kind of getting back to the grassroots and saying, like, I'm just going to go local. I'm just going to make this. I'm going to specialize in this, yep. and I'm going to do a really good job at it and putting their name behind
1: it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's a real cool revolution that we are in right now. And... Um, it's I think I think it's a real paradigm shift um, and we've seen that overall with people going to farmers' markets and people stepping back from big box stores and buying more local and this certainly certainly plays into that as well you know for all of the reasons that we've said you know quality keep it local um, taste profile that's huge like anybody can go out and buy a pack of um, craft single slices, mm-hmm. you know, for five bucks or whatever it is, or you can go and get some really nice cheese and really enjoy that. And you know, we
0: have some really nice cheese places I mean, around here
1: too. Oh man, do we ever. Yeah. And, and really close too. I mean, the Fraser Valley, you know, there's three, three that I know of that I personally go to fairly often to pick up what I need, there's very few products that I will go to a, a big box store to buy simply because they don't offer the quality that I'm looking for, you know. And I'm looking for flavor, and I'm looking for the ability to again pair with with certain certain other ingredients where I'm going to make food out of the or or drinks that I'm going to use. And uh, it's just it's when you've got the option of choosing quality and flavor, why cheap out? Well, it,
0: I always come back to this, and I've said this lots on, you know, like this podcast and just to people in general that, you know, where where I fine-tune that thought process, because I'm the type of person like that too, like I would rather drive somewhere and pick out better quality products that I'm going to eat, but my daughters where they will sit on the grass and they will pick, you know, tomatoes, you know, like little cherry tomatoes off the vine, or like yep. they'll pull beets or carrots out of the ground, and the biggest one is lettuce none of my girls will eat lettuce from a store right when we grow lettuce at home they'll eat it like right off the plant. like they just love it where it's the the quality is there yeah you know and i find that to be the same thing with like all these you know products now you know like the cheeses you know like the beers like you know like and even furniture and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff like the the quality of life is start, or the quality in life is starting to come back yeah and that's what I love to see mm-hmm. because there's people putting their passion behind it not you know just knowing it's getting shipped from overseas or you know from this place and they were like you know driving past a field and seeing like oh that's a field of hops you know or what you know like yeah. i'm going to see that's going to be in these beers so i'm going to go to one of these new craft breweries and try like it's it becomes exciting that we can educate our children and they come growing up in this environment and they want to do that too or you know people are getting back into like you know i guess trades is what it would be yep. where where families get brought up on the name of a beer or a clothing line or, you know, like a furniture line, a product in general. And that's, you know, I just, I love that side of life. Yeah.
1: I think it's good. And I think really the, the one word that you can throw over top of all of that is community and being connected back to your community and finding, Finding your neighbors and people around you are all are we are all one. We all have to work together um, If we're gonna survive and everybody has something to offer everybody else, and I think it's fabulous It's there. We went through such a time where there was a real disconnect And if we want to tie social media and all of that shift into it I think it, it certainly speaks to that but I'm really happy for myself to see that it's kind of coming full circle Uh Because it's just life is so much better with with friends. And if you've got people with like interests or people that you can help out or they can help you out or provide you products and services, I think I honestly I think that's what it's all about.
0: Well, and, and they know like the research is out there now like where authentic happiness doesn't come from anything else except for feeling loved by the people in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's like no matter, you know, old, young, short, tall, this, that, and the next thing, like if you just feel loved by the people in your life, that is authentically what makes people happy. Yeah, You know, and when you see it, you know, a lot of it, you know, going into these – you know, like local places where we might just have more smaller local places for people to go to. But it's nice seeing them busy. Yep. And you know, them catching on, you know, people wanting to go. And I've been trying to think, you know, like, like, why is it making this shift? I know there's a lot of, you know, like propaganda, there's, you know, shop local, this, that next thing. But, you know, it's one thing just to buy things local, but it's Mm -hmm. another thing for people to say, I'm going to provide for my life, my family, for my community, you know, based on this concept, which is, you know, artists and people, you know, people, you know, making, you know, craft brewers, craft, you know, distil- distilleries and all that kind of stuff where, you know, it's interesting this whole cultural shift, like what you mm-hmm. were saying, like, and I love it. I, I love to see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Um, while we're sitting here, yeah, this is just staring at me. And so we're going to, and it's Friday and it's, it's it's the freaking weekend.
0: It, yeah, it's and it's a long weekend, a double long weekend. It's beautiful outside, and um, so when you tell us about the a little bit about this? What have so, we got
1: here? So, we, what I brought for us today, uh, Twa Dogs Brewing. They're mm-hmm. based over just outside of Victoria and Saanich, BC. Beautiful Saanich, BC. Uh, been around for I believe it's two and a half years. Uh, it'll be three years towards the end of this year. They are a brewer and distiller, so they, um, they brew a full line of beer, we've got all sorts of different beers. I've brought four of them today, different styles, uh, and then they're also a distillery, so they are making whiskey. Oh, that's, okay. that's, their, that's the jam. We'll talk whiskey another time. Okay. It's so good. But the, uh, yeah, so the beer I brought them along with me today, it's a brand that we represent at Kiss Consulting. And um, the products that they create are are super tasty. This one is the Mistress of My Soul Saison. Saison is a, uh, it's a really simple beer. It's a um, uh, farm style beer. It's really, uh, this one is fairly clear. um, Pours very light. It's crisp. It's, on your palate, you're going to get, um, it's going to, it'll have a little bit of funk. It's a pleasant funk. It's, um, quite clear and crisp. It's pushing on being a sour, but it's not a sour beer to, to the conventional sour beer that we were kind of touching on before. It's not like that, but it has a a really good balance, great flavor notes. This is a, a really good food beer too. Tastes like summer, tastes like sunshine. It's, um, not overly hoppy. It doesn't have a super high IBU, which is International Bittering Units. So it's not going to drink like a, an IPA per se. Um, but it's got enough of a bite in there to remind you that it's beer. So chin. Well, cheers.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah. Wow, that's tasty! Isn't that good? That is good. Yeah, I see what you mean by tastes like summer. It does, you know. Yeah, it's, you know, like it, as I swallow them, it's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on a porch. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of like looking off the porch. You know, the kids are playing out in the grass. There's the the swing on the tree. That 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 tastes like summer.
1: Yeah, on a hot day, this this is this goes down really easy, and it's a it's drier style, so it doesn't have a lot of residual sugar in it. Um. What that means is it has that drying effect in your mouth. It's not going to be, it'll leave you more mouth watering. This, this would go super well with charcuterie board. Mm. Um, You could have this with uh, easy pasta, Ooh, uh, bongoli pasta, pasta with clams all day long. Tomatoes, ooh, tomato and feta salad. Or, a, there we go. or feta basil and watermelon that would go great with this it, it has uh there's enough acidity in there that it would kind of cut through flavors it would cut through some fat if you were to have this with meats and cheese all day long a really just a super easy easy drinker See, and I hope that everybody just got sucked
0: into it right there because <laughs> this is that experience. You know, see, it was just the rabbit hole, the mindset, the gear started turning, and, I was, and it was just like it went from pasta to tomatoes to salad to feta and this and that. It was just that's her experience, and that's what I love about this woman. It just <laughs> sucks you in. It just, I love it.
1: It's so good. It's so good. I mean, you. Oh, food. food and liquor pairings are just the best thing ever because your mind can just go and you can run with it. Once you know the basics, once you can figure out the flavors of the product that you're working with, you just have to think of two ways. You compare and you contrast. So you're either going to take a product and you're going to think of what it can enhance the flavor with matching with it or you think of how it can enhance and offset a flavor by working against it. For instance, if you have, um, say you've got a spicy Thai, spicy Indian dish, uh, maybe something Creole uh, that's got some spice to it. If you, you can go one of two ways, really. Uh, a beer that's got a little bit of sweetness is going to reduce the heat. So if you're looking, if it's like smoking hot, and you want to reduce the heat. Think in terms of what can I drink that it's going to have... Um, uh, higher residual sugar will reduce that overall burn or if you want to kick it up a notch add hops the hops are going to intensify that heat that you're gonna find in your mouth do you know why I, it, I, it's there's a science behind it um, I honestly I'm not too sure why the hops do that uh, that I couldn't tell you but um, the sugars you find the same thing with with wines too. Eh? if you want um, if you want to reduce the heat uh, in, say, a, yeah, say, say we say the same thing. If we go for a Thai dish, go for like a Riesling or a Gourtschermin or with a, with a high sugar, uh, high residual sugar, because that's going to coat your mouth and it's going to reduce the heat. Um, but then you can contrast that by going something with a little bit more acidity, and then that's going to jack up the spice as well. Man, whenever you talk, I
0: just feel like I'm I'm on like a like a magic carpet, you're just taking me for a ride. And I, I love that because I know nothing about this, right. and I just I love being sucked in by it because you know it's like when you're talking with somebody where you you want to believe the words that come out of their mouth, but they don't really believe it. But you're like you're like the authenticity of the passion behind like what you're like, and I I love watching your gears turn like mm. as you talk like you're you're thinking about just like. I, and I love it. Like I just, I I feel like I'm learning something about a a topic that I really cast it really casted off is just this real generic experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't know what you don't know if you don't know it. But as soon as you know, man, man it broadens your world, you know, and so again this is one of those things that once you know just even the bare bones it's easy to use the product to accentuate whatever you're doing and then your mind can just run with it eh? as soon as you can experience a couple things back to back and you go oh, oh i get what that i get what that's all about i get that you know if you have uh, uh say a wine and um you're having some charcuterie and the wine has got uh, a really nice a higher tannin level then you can say oh well, okay, well, if that's the wine I'm grabbing, maybe I should grab some cheese with a higher fat content because now the wine isn't going to disappear in the cheese and the cheese isn't going to overpower the wine. You know, it's thinking in terms like that and it's just, it's, it, it will change your life. It's like cooking with spices. You can cook, yeah, you can throw some chicken in the oven and that's fine and throw some salt and pepper on there. But man, as soon as you throw some rosemary on there, absolutely, you know, throw some truffle oil in there, a bit of spice... It opens up your whole world. Same thing.
0: Yeah, it does. And you know, I'm sure that you know people listening to this have a, a lot more of a degree in this than I do. But um, so, is it international bitter units? Yeah, yeah. Like what like can you explain some of those
1: things? You know, for me, it's a it's a funny it's a funny thing. It's from my understanding. There could be people out there that that will correct me, but this is this is how I understand it. There is no litmus test for bittering units. It's kind of a bit of a gray area, and so um, there's. Actually, there's charts online where you can see, based on the style of beer, what an approximation of how bitter you can anticipate it to be. The max, again, from what I know, the maximum on the scale is 120, um, and it'll go down as far as like zero. Um, so like zero is like tap water or orange juice. Uh, there's nothing to it. This this beer, for instance, I don't know if it says it on here, but off the top of my head, uh, if I recall, it's about 15.
0: Uh, oh, so it's quite low. So
1: it's super low. Yeah. It's not. It's not a bitter beer, and so you don't get. Um, it's not the flavor of the hop itself because the hops. Hops have flavor, and depending on what time you put them into the brewing process, will will give you different results. And there's different types of hops. There's like flavor hops, and there's bittering hops. So there's some hops that you can put into beer if you want it to go like bitter, bitter. There's like a German different styles of these bittering hops. The hops that we use or um, oftentimes get on the Pacific Northwest here have a tendency to be uh, citrus and um, not floral per se, but like piney. If you think of, if you walk through the forest and you smell, that's how I remember it, you just smell, that's kind of the flavor of the hops that we get out out this way. There's some um, hops that you can pick up from, say, um, south of the equator in New Zealand uh, will have a lot of... Um, Uh, Floral notes in terms of like passion fruits and tropical fruits, Uh, fruit forward hops. There's hops that will give you more citrus notes and hops that will give you different um, fruit or, uh, uh, yeah, like piney notes or different kind of tree or herbaceous flavors Um, they're all over the place and those will play into again at the point in time that you put it into the the brewing cycle will render different levels of bitter or just flavor Um, one of the really popular styles of beer that's out right now it's really exploded in the lower mainland uh, and BC over the past year and a bit is that New England style IPA which is a hazy IPA it has has, um, more hop suspension in it. It isn't necessarily a super bitter hop, but you get loads of flavor. They're, it's like juicy. They're super juicy and they're really good. Actually, actually, I brought one and we'll drink one of them. Oh, maybe next. Let's do that. I'll show you.
0: you so what would, if this is a 15, like if just for like a beer that maybe people would know, or like, or what is... Like what's kind of the average? Like if you were to if, – if people were thinking about like, you know, what is the bitterness of my beer, like what, what what's the average? Is it average around 15 or average around like 20, 30 or – I mean it's not – Because I'm thinking when I say average, like like the big box style beers, you know, like the – you know, most in Canadians, the Coors, like the things like that, that like most people, they would walk yeah. in like a Corona or, you know, like a Heineken.
1: Yeah, they're quite low. Like you're, you're... – your Corona style, like the Mexican Cerveza style, um, based on, if we look at Corona, I mean, you can you can look at different Cerveza and they will have different a different range of, of bitterness. But um, just off the top of my head, if you look at kind of the bigger brands, Mohsen Coors, coconese um, uh, and such, they're going to be quite low um, as loggers and pilsners for mass appeal. You, man just throwing a number out there you would probably i would i would say within the 25 anywhere between 15 and 30 range they're not going to be super super bitter
0: so these ones that are like at a 120 would just lay you out with how bitter they are uh,
1: they're, they're like a bit of a palate wrecker <laughs> <laughs> you know you it's you can't really go backwards from that right and what we're going to do is we'll keep these open and then we'll jump back and forth too and i'll kind of show you the difference and how how at, without having food here you can kind of see how pairing um booze with food works mm-hmm. um because after having an IPA and then going back to this, the bitter in this in the IPA is going to cancel out some of the flavor notes in the Saison and vice versa. Um, if you have something that is really bitter, it will probably accentuate more of the sweet notes. Uh, and then conversely, if you have something that's sweeter and then you follow something um, bitter after that, it is going to make it taste intensely bitter. Think in terms of... You have that everybody has that unfortunate incident where you brush your teeth and it's nice and minty, and then you have orange juice, and it just ruins your morning because you just had minty orange juice. And everybody knows what orange juice tastes like. It's it's supple and it's sweet and it's juicy, and sometimes it's got some bitterness to it. But after after the mint. You're just like, oh God, what is this hot death in my mouth? This is not good. And then you have to wait for your mouth to readjust and you you salivate and it it cleanses your palate and then you can go on with your day. It's essentially it works the same way. Interesting. Yes.
0: So See, and I think too, you know, like having such limited experience in you like trying different products, like they're really neat, like, I, I feel like people would benefit from being heavily steered into, like, you just got to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I always thought, you know, up until maybe, I don't even know, like, four weeks ago that, like, I really, just really didn't like beer. And it was on St. Patrick's Day. A friend of mine and I, you know, we, we went out and he's like, well, you got to have a beer. We worked out and then we stopped at a pub. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I haven't had a beer for, like, 15 years. <laughs> and I stopped drinking beer because, you know, it always gave me such a stomachache. Yep. Yep. And he's just like, well, Guinness isn't going to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to. And I'm like, I don't want to. And he's just like, just have one. Yeah. So then I had two. Yeah, yeah. And you know, what I'm just like this, it never gave me a stomach, stomach ache at all. It felt fantastic. And then, you know, I met you at this fundraiser, you know, we, we had that beer and I'm like, wow. I'm like, you know, good beer doesn't do it. And then, yeah. I realized for me, it's also the same thing with like good cheese versus junk cheese. Yep. Junk cheese gives me the worst stomach ache. And if I eat really good quality cheese, like I feel nothing. Totally right. So now I'm starting to understand like that's just life. And like the yeah. more that we get into this generic process, heavily distributed, very commercial garbage, Yep. like no wonder it's making people feel like crap. But then when we get into the more local brands, you know, passion projects, you know, people put time and effort into it. Yeah. Like. Our bodies do know how to be able to use the ingredients in this. And, you know, I just did a, a solo podcast on disease hacking. One of them is, one of the concepts behind it is how we've steered away from bitter foods and yeah. how they have tremendous benefit for our body. And then yeah. I find it very, right now we're talking about bitter beers. Bitter
1: beers, exactly, exactly. No, it's it's super interesting. And it's so true too. I mean, when you, when you think in terms of, Of beer everybody everybody's body reacts and metabolizes and the uh, you know discharges foods and beverage in different ways and you know by no means is is Going craft going to be the cure-all But the difference being is you can talk to the manufacturer and see what they put in this Mm -hmm. You know, isn't that the big thing with the I don't know if anybody watched the Super Bowl this past year but you know the back to back to back Uh, commercials that were put out with one brewery just throwing massive shade towards another one about putting corn syrup into all these beers which have been there the whole time but because craft beer is on such a rise and people are becoming aware of what they're putting in their bodies now they're the big guys who are losing market share to all of these little guys are are doing what they can to maintain their footing by showing how they're of better quality than the other guy. When in reality from, if you look at it, they're all all pretty much the same. You know, it's, it's, it's rice and corn syrup and, and not, it's not bad products. It's not bad ingredients. Everything has its merits somewhere or other, but you just have to, again, just be conscious of what you're putting in your body. So with, With local beers, at least you can go down the road and talk to these guys. You know, be like, hey, let's, can I talk to you about what you're putting in there? Or can I see your process? Or do you have an ingredients list? And, you know, for the most part, if everyone's on the level, they'll have no problem talking to you. One, they want to share their passion. And if you have enough interest to talk to them about that, it won't be a problem. But two, who's got anything to hide? It's, you know, it's just going to showcase what they've got going on, eh? And so it's... See, and you're like, that's where it brings me
0: back to this one time that I was um, I was in Calgary at an ice cream shop. Yeah. And, you know, the it was one of the, like, an artisan ice cream shop. You know, like, this guy who's, you know, making his own ice cream.
1: Just out of town. It's the best ice cream in the world. Yeah. I think I know the place. And it, there was always, like, a 45-minute lineup to get in, right? Yeah. yeah. I and know the place. Yeah. So then I'm just like, I'm like,
0: this ice cream's fantastic. And he's like, oh, come in the back. Let me show you. I just got these new machines. And I, right then and there I was like okay this is like this is what I come see and that's yep. that's, that's what I've look. seen at some of these craft brewery places where you say they're, they're not ashamed to talk about it it's like I want to show you what's and I want to show you the machines and I want to tell you the story behind the machine and yeah. you know why I put these machines here and you know where I got these hops from you know like it, it's this story because they're so excited just to share it with people who just inquire about it yep you know, it's like, you know, this conversation with you just like just bubbling out like all this information. And then when you go to places like this, it's just like another version of that. And, and yeah, I just love the stories. You know, like yeah. for me, like that's the experience is sitting down with the owner of these places and, you know, like understanding, like, well, why did you get into this? Like, how did you get into this? It had to be more than you just like to have a beer on Friday nights. You right. know, like, it's got to be more than that. Yeah. And you want know, to take it to this level and then, you know, like researching the And I'm really, I, when we get to a point of you, explain to everybody about these champagne hops because they blew my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't even know that, like, beer could do that or, like, hops could do that or, like, that was, like, an experience my mouth could have. But, like, it was just... That was crazy.
1: Totally. And actually we'll we'll tie it into this one. That, that bottle we've uh, all of our samples are gone. Wow. But yeah. we can certainly talk about that. So the one that we're tasting now is the the Hazy Mist New England IPA, again from Twadogs, uh, our good friends over in Sanich, and uh, I like how
0: you keep looping me back into the top of <laughs> the <this podcast. laughs> And I'm like, let's talk about everything. And you're just like, okay, back to this beer. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't be the responsible person here.
1: Come on. Oh, I just, I love it so much. This is, uh, this is a great beer. It's a great beer. Um, rich flavor. It's not over the top. User friendly. Um, higher IBU. This one. Let me just see if it says on the, on the can here. Um, I don't believe it does, and I don't think I have literature on this. But let's let's take a guess and just see why what's going
0: don't on. you think that they put the IBU number on there? Sometimes just they it's do. Subjective.
1: Uh, well, it is a little bit, but um, a, a lot of producers will. Uh, I think I've got it on. Actually, just, just hold your horses here, and let me just see. Um, wow, that's such a different smelling beer, right? Yes. So this one, lots of hops. Lots of hops in this one. Uh, it's a, it's later hop. Um, no, it's The hops are, are added later in the process so that it retains more of that oil in the product. It's more, I think, okay, here, you ready? Let's visualize. You're making a cup of tea. You boil your water. You have your tea bag or your loose leaves in a ball, and you put your tea bag in the cup, and then you throw some hot water over top of it. And you just let it steep for five minutes because that's what grandma used to do. And then you stir it and then you let it steep and half hour later you come back. And what you've got out of your red rose tea is like a pretty bitter, really heavy, super dark tea. So that would be adding the hops early in the process. It's going to give you that really strong, full flavor, super bitter because the plant has just been beat up and it's been put in the whirlpool and it's... It's all in there. Or you can boil your pot of tea, a bottle of water, throw it in your mug, you take your tea bag and you dip it in three times and you take it out. And what you've got is definitely a more delicate, um, more of the flavor of the plant comes through as opposed to the bitterness. That is like late hopping. Same process.
0: Late hopping. That sounds like we just learned some beer terminology. Beer there. terms. Yeah, I
1: like it. Yeah. Like yeah. hopping. What do you like so, hopping? There you go. So this, the the hops for this one, I believe it's in, um, the, just off the top of my head. I think they do it uh, twice. So I think they've got some uh, hops in the whirlpool, and I think they do it uh, later as well, uh, just to retain more of that juicy flavor without that overpowering, high, heavy, heady, hoppy bitterness. Um, Where do we
0: grow hops in
1: BC? You ready for this? Chilliwack. Really? Chilliwack was an uh, absolute mainstay for hops years and years ago. Um, I don't know enough of that history to know what's why it disappeared. Lillooet was also um, a major hop growing region. Actually in Lillooet they also grew a lot of tomatoes, super hot up that way. There's one winery in there, uh, up that way that's a physical winery. There's lots of um, great producers but Fort Barron's is up there and they're producing fabulous wines because it's just so intensely hot Um, the ground the terroir is different than other regions in BC and so it produces wines with different minerality different sugar content um, than what you can get say in the Okanagan or in the Fraser Valley we're growing lots of wine lots of grapes in the Fraser Valley Uh, but looping it back to hops yeah Chilliwack and you can go visit them too if you go out between say Number three road, um, the Cultus Lake turnoff, and then heading towards Chilliwack. If you look over there, particularly closer to the summer when everything's starting to go, it's just little canes are coming out of the ground now. Uh, but, yeah, closer to the summer, and you look over, and there's just, like, walls of green. That's all hot plants. Really? Yeah. If you, if you go uh, Highway 1, get off at Evans Road, and then head towards Cultus Lake, and then look right, all hot fields in there. Really, and they're producing loads of products. It's actually, it's interesting. To my knowledge, um, local hop producers have been contracted out by the big new Molson's brewery in Chilliwack to supply hops for their production, which is fabulous for for our local farming community. It's it's awesome.
0: So if they do that, will our local craft breweries have enough hops for their supply? Like it would, yeah. it, it's nice. Is that guaranteed income? But that would be. The sad mm-hmm. part about it is if you know, like the big brewery comes in, takes all the hops, and then a lot of these craft breweries can't get what they want.
1: Yeah, I think there's, I I think there's enough to go around from my knowledge. I mean, you, not all hops come from here. You, you know, there lots come out of Washington. There's loads of producers around, um, producing different varietal of hops. A lot of hops are um, uh, are picked and then they're dried and pelletized and then. Like shrink wrapped so that you can hang on to them and use them at your leisure. There's, uh, they do what's called a fresh hop when hops are finished growing, ready to pick. Mm -hmm. They, um, We'll sell them to local producers to do a fresh hop. But that's really the only time of year that you're using fresh product. Otherwise, it's all palleti- pelletized. What would, what would be the advantages of using fresh hops? Uh, different different fresh flavor profile. It's like, say, um, eating a fresh mushroom as opposed to a, a mushroom that's been dried and reconstituted. That That's, that's about it. You, it retains more of the oil in the plant, uh, which you're going to get from... A fresh product. It's the same as what you would find across the board with any any product that's been, say, dried or freeze dried or um, preserved in some way for use down the road. Like if you have, uh, uh, this is probably a bad example, but if you have a fresh fruit that you pick, and then you've got the same fresh fruit that you've frozen, you take out the flavor just doesn't compare. It's the same type of idea.
0: Yeah, so you've brought up the oiliness a few times. Like, is there any way you can tell if a beer is more like by swirling in the glass or looking at, it or like, like is there ways to be able to tell
1: that, or does it even matter? I, I I don't really think it matters that much. The you'll see like this is hazy, so this has got more suspension in the product. Um, whereas if we look at, let me just pull this back out of the bucket. I see. didn't
0: notice that about that beer, though, is it seemed very clear. You're like yeah. looking at a lake and being able to see the bottom, and this one does look like a foggy day driving down Ninety right. Second Street so or
1: something. So looking back at our Saison, um, there's, it, it was pretty clear, but then on the bottom of the bottle there's quite a bit of sediment. Um, none of these beers are filtered. And so all of that flavor, which – if if you don't know your beer and you pick up a bottle and there's like some stuff at the bottom, you think, oh, this looks off. Something. You know, as soon as you
0: said that, I'm like, I've, I would not pick up that beer. I would think yeah. that there
1: was something wrong with totally it. Totally right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's the the flavor that's in the beer. There's um something has fallen out of suspension. It's either uh, too heavy. It could be um, maybe. And I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe it's a bit of yeast. Maybe there's um uh, some. A heavier grain that's still in there or whatever the case is would you try to mix that back in uh i don't i don't personally i don't mix it back in but if you get to the bottom of your bottle and some goes in your glass i just drink it there's absolutely nothing wrong with it it hasn't the beer hasn't soured in a bad way and it it hasn't spoiled uh the only time you're going to find that is if there's if you look at it and there is like something chunky in the bottom then you probably want to check the expiration date on that bad boy. But outside of that, there's, yeah, if you find sediment in your beer, especially, and you're going to find that more with craft beer than anything, uh, craft producers uh, really strive on maintaining as much flavor as possible. Uh, and, and you do that by not filtering. Hmm. Yeah. So the difference between the two, the hazy is uh, purposefully suspended product in the beer whereas this is just unfiltered and has some that has fallen out of the suspension how do you get it to suspend uh so that's that's um the oils that's from um adding the hops later in the process with this beer in particular cheers cheers
0: cheers cheers that's a pretty clean taste to it right very clean yep Yep. What's so, the difference between those two?
1: So again, you get uh, more hop flavor. It's not just bitter. There's flavor to that. Um, what you're gonna what I pull out of that, really nice citrus. There are some tropical notes in there as well. Let me just See when I taste that, I get
0: this kind of palate clearing wash. Like it okay. seems almost watery at the beginning cleanses your palate and then allows the hops just to have a lot better effect on your taste buds right
1: yeah yeah you can enjoy that so here's the technical here we go a tradition a traditional new england style ipa this beer is wonderfully creamy cloudy and smooth luscious tropical flavors of orange passion fruit and lemon take the spotlight in this hazy brew followed by a subtle floral hint
0: yeah, I got the orange and the floral hint. The rest of yeah. it, I need to refine my uh, my taste buds on that. But and that comes in time. Wow, I, I can't yeah. even begin to explain how odd that is. I find that to be just as odd as the experience of what those champagne hops did when you said that they're just like the beer is going to disappear in your mouth. And I'm like, there's no way. And then I took yeah. that drink, and I was just like, there's no more beer in my mouth. Totally right. It's Just gone like so. But yeah, like just it just feels like it has this really flushing of your taste buds. Yeah. And then you just get this like karate kick of the hops. Like I love that. Yeah.
1: What and an it's, experience. It's not super bitter. It's this again, this is all about hop flavor. It's all about that juicy mouth-watering sensation that you get from drinking your product. It's not, it's not a sweet product. It doesn't have a lot of residual sugar. It's drying, so you get more of that acid will create a, a rush of saliva in your mouth um, to kind of fill that dry void. It does do that. Right? Um, The difference between this one and the other beer that you're talking about is the Juicy Brute, um, Brute IPA from Twadogs. That one we uh, pour out of a bottle. Uh, It's a limited edition. It's available as of right now, but it's just a limited run. The difference between those two is... I'm going to stop you for one second. Yes.
0: What is it called again?
1: Ready? Juicy Brute IPA.
0: Okay, write that down go to wherever you can get. Like, can you get any liquor
1: store? Yep. Yeah. Uh, liquor stores in BC, you want to look at private liquor stores. Um, ultimately, if a store doesn't have the beer that you're looking for or the product, just ask them to bring it in. There's also actually select government stores that have it as well. That one, it's not a listed product, so you have to ask around. But if um, if you go to a government store and, and that's your local and you like to shop there, ask them to bring it in because they will. And this beer, everybody, like this
0: – like. I can't even tell you how amazing this beer is. It, it is absolutely worth a trip down and giving it a try. Yeah. Like it is, it's phenomenal. So when we get around to explaining or not, we, when <laughs> Jane gets around to explaining like what champagne hops are, you got to experience it. It is like no other experience you've ever had with any beer, or any other product. It is just You have to experience it. So write that name down, go buy some and try it and just enjoy it.
1: Yeah. So the Juicy Brute, they, a brute, they took the name from uh, like Brute Champagne, classically dry, super dry, uh, leaves you with great aroma, nice flavor. Uh, In a champagne, you may get some fruit. It may be a little biscuity, definitely dry on the palate and a super refined bubble. It's not, uh, it's like... It's not a really aggressive bubble like what you would find in, say, a soda water. And it's not a bubble like what you're going to find in a beer. Um, and it continues to bubble too. Like if you look at, this is kind of a bad example because it's hazy, it's really hard to see. But it's not really shooting any bubbles off the bottom of the glass at all. With the the Brut IPAs, they're using champagne yeast in the product. They still all the sugar out. So you're left with a very dry um, super easy drinking IPA when you look at it in the glass to the same extent that if you pour a glass of champagne into a flute it's going to shoot the little bubbles off of the porous parts of the glass on the bottom through and that's all to do with the yeast that's used it's so it's it's really interesting there's some really good uh, brute IPAs out right now they oh, i started to see them hit the market really with some regularity about this time last year they started to come out, and so it's a
0: fairly new product.
1: There. Yeah, yeah, there it's it's really new to the area for sure. I'm not too sure the origin of the the brute IPA, but as far as Lower Mainland goes in BC, it's relatively new. But they're when they're done right, they are really they're a fabulous drink and really great to pair. Like we when we had it at the uh, event that we were at a couple of weeks ago, we had it with charcuterie plate and it paired so well with all the cheese and meat that they brought out. It's really palate cleansing. Uh, whatever you've got in there it's because it's a super dry product it just it really wipes your slate clean this one uh, it reads uh, classically dry light in color which it was uh, highly effervescent and wonderfully fruity it's close to popping a bottle of champagne as you can get uh, intriguing is it is drinkable with a light crispy tropical mimosa flavors including citrus, mandarin, orange, and passion fruit. Um, the flavor profile that we get for <coughs> pardon me a lot of the beers that we produce at Twadogs, uh, the hops, a majority of the hops come from uh, New Zealand. And so there you're going to have more of that tropical profile as opposed to what you're going to find in Northern Hemisphere hops. See, and yeah, that's the one
0: thing with that too is that um, that description out of the description of these two, but that one with the um, that we were talking about with like the, the champagne yeast, mm-hmm. I got all of that out
1: of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely still an IPA. It's, it is lighter and lighter in body, but you still get the bitter. You still get all of that citrus note out of it. And it's, def- it's still an IPA. At the end of the day, it's still an IPA. It just has a really wonderful dry effervescence to it, which is again indicative of the style. And it's cool. It, it comes it comes through in the beer, and that's it's really awesome. And it just really like knifed
0: through all the flavors.
1: Yep. Like you know when
0: we had that charcuterie board, and, you know we were trying the different you know meats and cheeses on it. Like it just really just knifed right through each one of them and allowed you to experience the next. And because you had like this effervescent Feeling in your mouth. I really, the cheeses especially, you tasted the better. Or like the, the flavor profile hit you harder. Yep, you bet. Yeah, it was amazing.
1: It's a clean slate, really. It's, it's, you're, you're wiping it clean. And because it's going to leave a little bit of that, like even you can taste with this one, there's a little bit of that, um like floral, hoppy, oily flavor in your mouth. That's going to play on to the next round of whatever you're eating, too. So that is going to accentuate. Um, say in terms of cheese, that may make it taste a little bit more buttery, and it's going to um, accentuate a little bit of that funk. Or if it's an aged cheese, you might taste a little bit of the the um, the crystals or the tartrites and the meat. And you know the the if ooh if you're having ooh if you have prosciutto and you know it's a little it's a little crunchy, and then some of that um, some of the fat layer melts in your mouth. That is going to accentuate all of what's going on. Oh, yeah. So good.
0: I feel like we should be doing this at a grocery store. I right know. Now. Next yeah. time we're going
1: to have to walk and talk. Yeah. we we'll yeah. go yeah. sit in the deli section.
0: <laughs> See, but the one thing I find with this, um, this new England IPA
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that it has a really long lasting flavor. Like you can taste it. Yeah. You know, from like continually in the, the, what is this? What do call it the here? Saison. The mistress of my soul, the Saison. Yeah. Like the, the flavor disappeared fast. Yes. But like this one, it just it's it's hanging
1: out. Yeah. So let me know it's still there. Yeah, exactly. And if you taste them back to back, like throw a little bit of the Saison back in your glass. And now have a sip of that and see how that reacts back to back with the IPA. Wow. Right? So any of the hop that you were going to get in the Saison previously kind of isn't there anymore. And what you're left with is a little bit of that funk. You get a little bit more of the grain is going to come forward because it's this has canceled out. It's like the math of beer. It canceled the remainder and all you're left with is is your base ingredient here minus the hops. And I just, it was, it was a lot more of
0: an impactful flavor. Like it just yeah. really enhanced it, like supercharged the flavor that Saison.
1: Big time. Yep
0: yeah it's like my tongue just doesn't know what to do right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe mind I'm sitting around like drinking
0: beer right now but it's like <laughs> but I find that see because that is one thing I would never especially about beer because beer to me in my mind if I had to describe it It'd almost kinda of be like like back alley. You know, like where it was just yeah. it wasn't refined. But this mm-hmm. is totally different.
1: It's a new age of beer. This isn't this isn't your daddy's beer unless no. was a home brewer and brewing in the basement like No, new it's Jack not, yet. yeah. It's <laughs> no
0: no, my dad was all about the rainier when we were growing up in southern Alberta, and like this yeah. is not that experience whatsoever.
1: No, no, and, and props to Alberta, I mean, being the, the land of of farming and grain, I, the they are producing fabulous beer out there too. Although I think like what we find culinarily speaking, you just with different fusions and different um, uh, influence in the West Coast, I think that we just have a real breadth of product out here and so much to choose from. And then being super close to like the Portland and, and in Washington State, there's we're in a real linear line of, of cool beer produce production.
0: And the Pacific Northwest too being, you know, like it seems like the Pacific Northwest should be very, you know, I guess just like very common. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the area should be very, you know, like one in the same, but they're not. Yeah. You know, like each little different pocket of the Pacific Northwest is very, very diverse, very yeah. different. Big time. And, you know, like you can experience that in products like this where, yeah, like I just... I don't even really know where to go with it because, like I said, it's been so long. This is probably more beer than I've drank besides those couple Guinness. Yeah. That I had, like, for, like, over a decade. Right. And this is just such
1: a different experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And really, so here's the other thing, too. We're... If we were to lay this out in a conventional, you know, large brand product, you're looking four and a half to five percent across the board, lighter flavor profile. You know, I mean, we've really we haven't even consumed the amount of a single standard can, which is 355 milliliters. We haven't had that much beer between the two of us yet. But like I said, yet, yet, like so are as we're like, let
0: me tell you why that was a pounding on the table. Yeah, that's, laughing. Right. Yeah.
1: that's right, exactly. Yeah, there, they, but it speaks to the quality and style of beer. Like it feels like we've had a whole lot more. The ABV, which your which is your alcohol by volume, is higher in these craft beers. Which doesn't speak for all craft beers, but I find in my experience, um, a lot of the craft beers that we consume are are of a higher ABV. Uh, you're getting more bang for your buck. At the end of the day, you know if you can go out and buy a six pack of whatever, whatever name, whatever beer, and it's going to cost you however much, eight bucks whatever um this bottle may sit you at we'll say seven dollars or you can mix and match and then share with some friends and you've got more impact more flavor more variety and just a better time see and you know and i really want to bring it back around to like just the better
0: time we're like we're the beer, the alcohol becomes, like, the topic of the conversation. Almost the reason why people are getting together is to experience these. Yeah. Because, like you said, like, you know, like, what you've poured maybe, like, an, an ounce or an ounce and a half mm-hmm. in, like, each one of these classes. Yep. You know, we've had a couple. But, like, really not that lot. But the conversation to be had around it, then you appreciate it so much more.
1: You back. You know, just,
0: and they're just drinking it, drinking it, drinking it. And then, like, you're trying to understand it more.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: You know, and then you're more focused on the actual experience itself and what it brings to the table and not just, okay, we're, we're you know, throwing like horseshoes, for example, mm-hmm. or just gonna pound back some beers, you know, like it's just, it becomes so much more of just a generalized experience itself, you know, where, you know, if everybody brought like a different craft beer, you could sit around and do these very same things, totally. you know, pour a little bit of people's glass and sit around and talk about it. and
1: And that's a fun night. Yeah. Yeah. And loads of people do that too. There's loads of groups around of of friends and people that do exactly that. Uh, because at the end of the day, if you were to just do it by, I mean, there's a lot of beer out there and to just do it by yourself. I mean, it's, you can, but where's the camaraderie in that? And is there yes. groups you can join that do this? You know, the best way if you're if you're looking to get some craft beer friends or experience more, in all honesty, just go to go to some of the uh, some of the pubs around, some not the pubs but the uh, brew houses um, on websites and ch- the best best resource Instagram. Everybody Craft beer loves Instagram, and you're gonna find more information on there about special events and things that are going on more than anywhere else. I think one of the best examples of that that I can think of off the top of my head is up in Squamish is Backcountry Brewing. They've got like they do movie nights and they do karaoke, and you're welcome there anytime. And the kids can go, and the food is great, and they just make it such a welcoming. Uh, community environment that anybody can go to, and any brewery around here is like that as well. Trading Post, awesome community there. When these new guys start to open up, I saw online uh, Five Roads is doing soft opening right now, and they're just around the corner from here as well. There, everybody is going to has something a little bit different to offer, but the one thing that they all have in common is community and like-minded people that. May be novice, they may be expert level drinkers, but you're gonna find that one thing in common is is trying new things and talking about what they like or don't like and and just sharing the experience. You know, like and
0: that I think is the key is the inviting people into the conversation about it. Yep. You know, and that's what those little specialized communities are gonna have, or like you know, people are like, hey, come over here and let's talk about it and they'll be part of that experience instead of you know, there being. 20 tables and 20 different conversations, you know, like going there and it'd be 20 tables in the same conversation, you know, people getting around and talking about it and like what it means to them, you know, kind of, you know, enveloping themselves in that experience a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this, like I, I'm not, I'm not a huge drinker by any stretch, but I love sitting around just talking about this. Like it becomes, and I guess I just love talking to people who are passionate about what they love too. And like, this is your gig. And And it's just cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I can't tell you the amount of times that as either just by myself or with one buddy, we'll go around to different breweries and sit down. And more often than not, if we don't close ourselves off and sit at a table just for two, if we're sitting at a long table, every time somebody will come up, sit next to you, and then we'll start a conversation about something. And that always happens. It is so great. So you can talk about you know anything talk about uh you get a flight of beer so a flight are small samples and you can try four or six depending on the brewery different kinds and you know sit in kibitz with people i was at with a good girlfriend of mine we went out to Fomer's folly over in pit meadows Porton pit meadows i always get them mixed up beside maple ridge and uh, we sat there and you know we're talking and we're having a good time and we're two females so that's um it's not so unicorn anymore there's definitely more beer drinking ladies out there but um to have two women sitting and really enjoying beer and knowing what you're talking about makes a big difference and this uh, mother-daughter couple in the table next to us kind of shift over and and we're talking and they asked some questions and then we got it it was about an hour's worth of conversation they were from white horse and we were talking about different styles and what's available and you know this that and the other thing and It's those experiences that you find more often than not particularly in the beer community because everybody is just into it if you put yourself out there people will come to you well and it's just again like we we all gravitate
0: towards that community right you know like whether you know it's at you know like a local (laughs) brewery or a gym or you know like a a farmer's market you know like these are all places where we go to feel that sense of community with like like like-minded individuals and you know like that's the I could totally get into going and sitting at a baros if this is what the experience was like. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. For
1: sure. It, for sure. Yeah. It's it's just it's so welcoming. Uh, but again, I think the key is you have to put yourself out there. If you if you give the good vibes and you make eye contact with people and you don't have your head in your phone the whole time, then people are, are going to be willing to come over and and talk with you. And it's yeah. amazing.
0: You and I see an really like because. You know, if somebody would explain this to me before, it really took that night, yeah. you know, to really kind of understand, experience it and, you know, like that. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to do it exactly the way it's supposed to be done. You know, and I'm not going to say, you know, no to the alcohol. I'm just going to have like the food and, you know, like, and I realized I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is such an experience. Yeah. You know, but like where I see it now, if you're at like a little, like a, like a brewery or like a little brew house or anything along those lines where there is almost like, guest speaker talking like how you're talking right now and saying like hey like let's try all these things and walk through this experience together yeah. like that would be amazing
1: totally and you know there's you can find those they are around some of the the brew houses will put on their like long table dinner or dinner series and they'll talk through them um, we also do that too uh, kiss consulting we offer like beer parties and wine parties where we can just sit down and kibitz and eat some good food and just talk product with no pretense you know, and be as beginner, as advanced as you want, but just get, get folks together and get talking and just having a good time and enjoying the product that is there for no other reason than to enjoy the product. Mm-hmm. You know, it's out there, it's out there. And, and if it's in the community that you're in, if you can't find that, there are people like us that can curate that experience for you. Cause I think it is something that, that, people are you don't know you miss it until you've experienced and then you can't find it
0: well it's even like this now like like i said because i'm not a huge drinker definitely not beer like i actually now feel like i've been missing out on something that's been happening very organically like right underneath (laughs) my nose because everybody talks about it but my first perception has always been like well i don't really don't drink beer yeah and then i don't really drink
1: so i'm not really into this experience But this is totally different. Totally right. And that's where with with your local brew houses, if you can go and then just get a flight of product, you know, you get this much. You get exactly what we're pouring in a, a small flight with a little info card or you sit in front of the board and then you can just taste them back to back. You're not going to get bombed. You know, you're going to enjoy a sample of product and then that's it. And you can be there as long as you want. And you talk with some folks, and that's it. And so you don't even have to really – you don't have to be an officiato, and you don't have to be a grand lover of the product. If you can appreciate it, then then it's there for you.
0: Well, see, and, like, what yeah. I really want to know now how to do is pairing, like, the beers and, like, the spirits and the wines with food.
1: Mm. You know,
0: because, like, this, this experience – like, this, even having those two other beers, you know, back-to-back and how one just boosts the other flavor profile so much more. Yeah. Like, I'm really interested what's going to happen with this one. But just knowing how that enhanced the food that we were eating, too, was just – it was unreal. Yeah. And then even, like, that, that scotch. Like, in my mind, being a guy, I'm just like, I should like scotch. Everybody likes scotch. But when I drink it, I'm like, I just don't like scotch. Yeah. You know, but that scotch that we had – Yeah. I could drink that, right? Yeah, I could hundred percent drink that.
1: See, and that's that's uh, the Scotch drinking, whiskey drinking, uh, any kind of hard spirit. I think you can approach it the same way that we're approaching beer now. Is you, and you you can say the same with any kind of food stuff too. Like you, if you have never had or you don't really eat a lot of spice it makes no sense to go and have like the four chili flame thrower chicken wing at some pub somewhere because that is going to ruin your experience and you're going to tell people i hate space i don't i don't like spice but if you can ease your way into it in a proper tasting and let's do that let's do a proper tasting with this are you excited yeah Yeah, absolutely 100 so what we're drinking now
0: this is the see that again everybody that's uh jen looping me back in bringing it around uh,
1: it's it's, it's the the mother hen teacher in me (laughs) (laughs) so this is the twadog sees between us red ipa so what i actually let's 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 go back to the start I'm not really doing these justice. The original line of beers, um, if you're looking at this, it's Tois, spelled T-W-A, Trois dogs, meaning two, not three. It's not French. It's actually Gaelic, which is the Scottish version of Gaelic. And so if you look at the label, we've got two dogs on it with some filigree and and what have you and one is a happy dog and one's a sad dog he's a little forlorn and as the story goes um they're all of the original beers were based on robbie burns poems robbie burns being the poet laureate from scotland Um, this was about a, a wealthy man and a bit of a pauper with their dogs and they met in a field one day and and they exchanged niceties and then they got to talking about life and their different experiences and through talking they realized that you know, you may be up on the hill and I may be down in the valley, but at the end of the day, our experiences are really similar. And so they popped a beer and they shared a beer. Wow! And that's what that's about. So that's the that's the the How simple. roundabout introduction to twerks, which we probably should have done because it's all story story laden. See, but that's what you're gonna find at these craft breweries
0: yep. versus like these big commercialized you know beer distributors, that's right? right? You know, yep. we're like that's amazing. Cause like, as you're saying it, you know, I'm like, I see it and I envision it, and when I go there, I, I want to feel that. And I see it on the label. Yes. I love the story behind. it. I just I love there being a story behind something.
1: The, yeah, and that's amazing. Story is connection, isn't it? And I absolutely. mean, absolutely. People people are are from years and years ago, are based on storytelling tradition, and I think that's really been passed down. Like if, you know, I, I bet anybody at any given time can retell stories that they've heard from from grandparents when they were growing up, or even the the. Rhymes which are stories of of um uh, how to behave and how to present yourself and how to be cautious of certain things are all tied into that. We're we're a storytelling species of of animal. Um, well, and
0: everybody always, you know, if somebody's a good storyteller, people want to share that. Like, uh, oh, we got to come sit down with so and so. He's such a good storyteller. Draw like, you, you know, in. Like, go out for drinks with her. She's such a great storyteller. Yeah, but,
1: yeah, exactly. So on the back of the bottles on the original series here, they've got. Um, all of so seas between us, a uh, little bit odd. You're like, oh, what's the connection there? It's all based on Robbie Burns poems, and they've got the poems on the back of each bottle. And this one reads, "We twa hey." Oh, I'm not even gonna read it because it's all in color. <laughs> but um, you can go. You would already want to try it, for a couple no, of those ones. They used, oh, like God. looking at you
0: like these words are just blurring together
1: I right know, now. I know, but the seas between us and braid hay roared. <laughs> <laughs> old lang Langzine. Anyways, I butchered that in Twaddles. I am terribly sorry, but I'm I'm not Scottish, and I've had a couple. So yep. let's let's get into drinking this. So this is a uh, it's a 60 IBU IPA. Oh wow! Your IB your um, we're halfway there. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting on there. Um, but they also use um, more of a toasted malt. So that's where your red color is going to come in. I'm not going to really tell you anything else about that, but we're going to walk through a tasting. So you put your your beer in your glass. You don't want to jack it all the way to the top. You want there to be some nice room in the glass because we're going to do a couple step process here. So we're going to look at it. It's it's not. It's a little opaque. You can't really see through it. You can a little bit. If you look on the paper but that's um it's a really nice chestnutty brown color put it in your nose and you're gonna smell you know the one thing
0: i notice about these is they just have um this one and the last one the new england one, one just have an amazing aroma to them
1: totally right this one has got lots of uh lots of barley lots of um lots of uh, darker notes to it and that all comes from from the toasted the toasted malt and then it's got the hop so the next thing you want to do is swirl it you know, and what we're doing here is we're creating some bubbles um what the bubbles are going to do are they're they're going to burst open um, and that's going to release more flavor into the glass the glass is a little concave so it's going to keep the the aroma in there so it almost slightly changes the aroma too. 100 percent, it totally
0: does yeah you know, I almost don't get as much as like the like the
1: fiery, the smoked smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it brings out more of the fruity smell to it. Totally, it's got a little bit more sweetness to it. Yeah. And now we're gonna put it in our mouth. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna take some, draw some in, and then you're gonna just put it all over your mouth. Um, Make sure it touches all sides of your tongue, and then you're going to swallow it, as opposed to a wine tasting where you spit it out. um, It's important to swallow beer because there are flavor um, receptors farther back on your tongue that are going to pick up flavors out of the beer. That's smooth. Right? very smooth. Yep. So in contrast to and we're going to we're going to sample the other IPA after this one as well. That we're, almost seems like butter. Right? Yeah. It absolutely does. Hops, the hops are there. It's wow. not just a sweet beer. The hops are certainly present, but you do get more of that multi-goodness out of it. The and, aroma is
0: very fruity. Yeah. But the experience is just like a real fatty steak.
1: Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. So we served this. We um, we had beer on site at the uh, Langley Rib Fest last year. We poured this beer and the next one that I'm going to pour, which is a bourbon barrel-aged ale, um, which are both fabulous. Like, I think in terms of this. So we've identified it's got um, some sweet notes. It's got some nice hops. It's going to have a little bit of floral, a little bit of fruit-forwardness. And the fruit in this is like... Kinda of like plummy, it's like a little cherry y. Smoked plums. Totally, right? I have never
0: smoked a plum or have had a smoked plum, but if I had to say one <laughs> thing that I've smelt,
1: I was trying to think of it and that's uh, that's what it is. It's like a smoked plum. Right. So if we're pairing this, you think, okay, so I want to pair with something I don't want to contrast a flavor. So this you're looking at like a a Texas bold barbecue sauce, little bit of spice, little bit of heat maybe, because the sweetness in this is going to tone down that heat. Um, You're going to pull in the barbecue sauce, it will probably have uh, tomatoes or some sweeter fruit is going to make up the the sweet sticky component with all the sugars and molasses and such. Um, But that's going to play off of those flavors. And then the meat, this, the the hops in here are going to cut through the fat content of the meat. So you're not going to be overwhelmed with like a real greasy palate. So you have a bite of your meat, have a sip of your beer. So take another draw in, swish, swish, swallow, and then smell the glass and see how it changes. Oh, wow. Right? So now this hooks into your palate and your olfactory. So your your nose and your mouth, as far as smell and taste, are quite connected. I think people are, are fairly aware of that, but if not, they are. And um, so we, we had some of the product in our mouth. We took in all of that sweet, the um, the sugars, the hops, the bitterness is all there, and now because that has impacted on our nose smelling it again, those sweet notes are kind of gone from the beer.
0: Yeah, it's a lot more of a neutral smell.
1: Yep, I get out of this, I get more um, more like plant quality. There's a little bit more of a herbaceous note.
0: I was gonna say earthy, but yeah, yeah it's essentially the same Totally thing, earthy. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, like bark. It, yeah. remi- it reminds me of walking through like our a temporal forest here and you've got um like decaying bark and it's got that sweet earthy richness to it that's what i get out of this after
0: see and if somebody would have told me previous to this that i could get three different experiences out of one beer i would have just i would have thought they're completely out to lunch right but they when you have somebody walk you through it like that like in because the first thing, like when we when we took the drink and you know we encapsulated or melted it and then we smelt it, I was like I don't smell anything what I was try what I smelt before. And I'm like I don't want to say anything right now. So I'm like yep. I'm like maybe I'm supposed to be smelling Uh-oh. more. But like yeah, like that's it's just
1: it's uncanny how much that changes. Yeah, and this one so oftentimes a bottle will. Uh, or a can will throw a little kind of cheat sheet on the back. You can always when you're when you're buying beers, turn the turn turn it over and just read because um, a brewer will throw information on whatever you're drinking on the back there. So you can kind of make an informed decision based on what they anticipate the beer to be like for the consumer to do their thing. This one didn't. Um, it may be online, but uh, I think they're just going off the fact that it's a red IPA, which just in this term means a dark IPA.
0: I really love the taste in my mouth after this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you just like rub your tongue around on your cheeks on the
1: inside. It's rich. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, a bit of a higher residual sugar. So the mouthfeel in terms of, I mean, we can say because we've had the Juicy brute, um, We had the Saison. Ooh, let's do a little, let's do a little, see how our Saison is changing over time. I'm interested. Uh, this one's what an experience, though, like right. And this is what I feel like I I
0: missed out on. It's not like the the drinking to get drunk, but it's like the drinking just to understand, like your your palate. Yeah. Like this has nothing to do with alcohol. This is just understanding how flavors affect me and like in my smell and my senses. Like it's it's just it's amazing.
1: Yeah. My my very first introduction to anything like this was through a. Um, I can't remember if they call it. I think it's the dairy farmers of Canada and the Canadian cheese board put on seminars on how to properly eat cheese and I took my mom and it was great and we're like oh we're just gonna eat cheese and the the fellow that ran us walked us through how to properly sample cheese and that was just mind-blowing to me It it opened up my whole world because you know, you can eat cheese, you know, you eat it and you taste it and you're like, oh, that tastes good. I bet it tastes good with a Britain cracker. I wonder what a saltine would taste like with this. But if you, (laughs) right, if you, uh, but that's all we think though like when you think of cheese cheese and cheese crackers cheese and crackers right then maybe 100%. maybe throw some garlic coil on there or something and yeah you want to get excited an olive or something maybe a pickle generic. yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you're getting a little crazy with the pickle oh there. man like just, yeah. I know, bro <laughs> all the Germans out there and pickles on everything <laughs> yeah. but um, no if you if you bring it up to we'll say up to temperature so you don't want to eat cheese when it's super cold out the fridge to the same extent if you let a beer warm up the flavor is going to change if you eat leftovers out of the fridge and it's still cold you're gonna it's going to mute a lot of the flavor so bring it up to temperature and then you smell it and you taste it and you allow it to just move all over your mouth and then you breathe in to see how it changes it was honestly it was mind-blowing and that is the same with any anything that you ingest you can do the same process for
0: See, and like that's but that's the difference between like having an experience versus just drinking because it's friday right Yes, exa- See, and this exactly. This is why I wanted you to come on here and you know like and explain all this so people could and, and you know maybe a lot of people do and I'm just ignorant to it but like I just I find this just to be the way to go. Like, yeah. If you were ever going to drink something, like why wouldn't you do it? And like with just thinking about it in this kind of way versus just going and you know cracking open beer and popping down on the couch and just whatever, yep. like it just. Like, this is such a better experience. And then just
1: a great conversation to have with somebody, too, around it. Exactly. Like, hazy mist, you can easily crack that and then just bang it back. But what a disservice to the product. Wow. Right? Changes again. So what changed in this one? Um, Higher IBU, more hop bitterness, but you've also got more of that sweet component. So I almost taste like a a lemon in that Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm more of that uh more citrus is definitely going to come out of this that's that if we if we go back again and think about the mistress of my soul saison it had a little bit of funk and it was a little bit it was fermented sour without being a sour beer it's not like eating a sour candy it's just got a really pleasant level of of sour fermented funk to it in such a good way and that this the seas between us red ipa again with the hops and with the sweetness from the malt is going to accentuate more of that acidic quality that's in the original the first beer we had
0: it's just so interesting how they change so much and i know what people are listening kind of like appreciate but it's not just a little bit it's like an entirely different beer yeah
1: yeah for sure and so now we can think about that in terms of when you're when you're eating um, and consuming any other kind of product. Eh? How is the food that you're eating impacting what you're drinking, and the the drink that you're consuming impacting the food that you're eating? And when you're pairing, you have to keep all these things in mind because again, do you want to compare a contrast? Do you want to add to? accentuate the flavors that you have put in front of you or do you want to contrast them to change them to make one part of that flavor profile stand out
0: so what would you eat with this this sees between us red ipa
1: so again i would do um barbecue um i would do anything with a, a bit of a sweeter component you could probably do a um say like a uh spaghetti and meatballs might work with that sweet tomato sauce um you could do any kind of any kind of meat uh dark meat iron rich meat that has a bit of a fat content ooh ooh pork belly ooh if you were to do like a uh uh like a kind of an asian styled pork belly maybe with some Uh, a bit of a like a a miso glaze or something like that oh that would be so good because then you've got the fattiness you've got some of the meat in there a little bit of a sweet a little bit of a funk to it I think that would pair off super well yeah or again alternately you can contrast that if you were to do um, that would probably go fairly decently with like a pad thai too Go something because that's got a really nice sweet component you've got um, a nice uh, some spice depending on if you make it yourself or you're you're getting it out somewhere else yeah something something along those lines i think would be great or again um charcuterie if you're going uh heavy on the meat and a more of a funky cheese like if you're doing uh gorgonzola something a little blue um, not craft singles. You don't don't want to do a young. What about cheddar. cheese whiz? Cheese whiz, ooh, and then throw some <laughs> Velveeta in there too. Yeah, you're getting yeah. real crazy. Oh love. man, you actually
0: are getting real crazy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I can't even believe like I was talking to my dad a couple months ago, and I'm like, do
1: they still sell? Um, Cheese Whiz. Heck yeah, they do. My dad's got a jar in the fridge. Yeah, so I I went to Walmart and I was just like, wow, they do. I'm like, that's so crazy. They still sell that junk. It's super nostalgic to (laughs) me. I had some, I think I was at my folks over Christmas and... I'm like, man, I'm just, like, really fancy in some cheese whiz. Do you always have that? I can't find it. My dad's like, it's in the door. <laughs> it's on the like, door. Open it up. a big jug of it. Like, yeah, Dad. Like, yeah. I always depend on you for the, the cheese whiz. <laughs>
0: yeah. But it's not even, like, a, like, it's, like, it should just be, like, plastic whiz or something. It's, like, it's just, yeah. like, such, like, that that plasticky kind of feel, like, in your, in your
1: mouth. There's right? just like, something just- so odd about... Having to tell people there's like what eight cups of milk per ounce of product that you're consuming, or something like that. It's, uh, I think it's actually uh, classified as a, a food stuff rather than just a food, period.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's it's in its whole other own category totally. for sure. Yeah, and totally. if
1: not, it deserves to be exactly. So, do we, whoa, that's dark. What is, uh, so this is this is the showstopper. This is the parting kiss bourbon barrel ale. Okay. Ooh. So this is, again, another one of those beers that we, we brought out with us to the um, Langley Rib Fest. It's a really good barbecue beer. It um, is along the lines of, like, a uh, innocent gun. So uh, red ale that is aged in an ex-bourbon cast. This one also has a little bit of um, scotch. Oh, pardon me, scotch in the product as well. So it's not so heavy and so thick that it drinks like a meal you can certainly finish a bottle of it but if you are into um, your your barrel aged beers if you like a bourbon or a whiskey um, and something with just a little bit more of a flavor profile this is the one for you so let's do our let's do our little test again so you can kind of see through it's not totally opaque it's not totally dark Um, on the nose you get uh, really uh, really fine bubbles to it. yeah, it's it's a, a super fine bubble. And if you look at it, it's not shooting. So as opposed to the champagne yeast, it's not sending up a continuous stream of bubbles. Um, the bubbles that you get from this are just from when we poured it into the glass.
0: Yeah, very surface.
1: So rich. You can definitely pull the bourbon out of there. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Pull some scotch. And then that uh, sweeter, sweeter crystal malt is what they used in this. That
0: doesn't even smell like a beer. Not at all, right? Not even close.
1: So we'll give it a nice swirl. See how that changes. So when you swirl it around, you get way more of the malt. And then when you try it, Wow, it even drinks like a scotch. Totally right. Fuller body. You've wow. got loads of different flavors in there. It's, um, it is, I mean, outside of it being boozy and being a little bit sweeter, I pulled some really cool floral notes. It tastes almost a little like a garden. Um, let's see what the bottle says. I don't know if it has it on here.
0: Yeah, it's really almost just like watered down scotch. Yep. Exactly, mixed mixed with beer, for sure. What? Is it? That's so interesting. Because yeah, like if somebody blindfolded me and got me to smell this, I would never think it's a beer.
1: No, right? So this one, this has a poem on it that has. Are you to read a, it? A few less um, apostrophes. So um, you're going for it. I'm doing it. You ready? Let's go. This is what we call parting kiss. Humid seal of soft affections. Tendered Pledge of Future Bliss Dearest Tie of Young Connections Love's First Snowdrop Virgin Kiss By Robert Burns There you go, that's wow. the parting kiss So we had a step, let's take another a little one to reactivate And now give it a swirl and smell it again
0: I definitely smell a lot more of the citrus side of that now.
1: Right? Citrus malty, it's a little bready. It smells like a, a little bit like I a bakery. See what you mean by bready? Yep. Biscuity.
0: I really just like the smell of this one. I know, yeah. It's so amazing. It's super solid. Super
1: duper solid. Is it uncommon to put scotch in beer? Um, I don't, I wouldn't say it's common per se. I mean, there's the, there's certainly a rise of beer cocktails that I've seen come out as of late. Um, like sticking a Corona in a margarita. I mean, like, that's like entry level, but to that extent, I, don't know. I think there's a name for that. Actually, there's apparatus for those two, eh? Yeah, to pull it up and makes me laugh. Yeah. But, um, no. We're trying to be
0: a little more sophisticated <laughs> yeah. than the, the five-star all-inclusive <laughs> resort in Mexico. That's right.
1: That's right. But yeah, there um, there's a real – when you look in terms of the craft beer community, they're not really satisfied with keeping status quo. There's a real push to be inventive and, and try new things. And uh, what I saw last year and leading into this year were – uh, beers that incorporated lots. Actually, there's lots of barrel-aged beers. Um, beers that used wine must. Uh, lots of um, like discarded grape or wine barrels to impart those kind of flavors in. Um, and now there's beers, and there have been previously, but I've seen beers recently that have been released that have um, local spirit in them as well. So like gins and um, yeah, bourbons and scotches and all of these things. So it's how interesting
0: would it be? To- just to like sit around and mix that, eh? because oh. like like the commitment behind yeah. it. Is you're like, do you have to do a full batch, or like do you do micro batches when you test, like, or come up with like new products? Like, what what's the experience behind
1: that? So they'll do. Uh, brewers will typically do a test batch uh, if they have the the equipment to do so, or they have worked on um, recipes in their home brewing where they can work out kind of the kinks of the nuances of making different styles of beer and um, incorporating different ingredients and then they'll make it on a mass scale to serve their tasting room or put out for a general sale. So there is um, a bit of a process to it. I don't know of really anybody that just does a huge batch of anything and then wings in says, the wind well let's just see how this goes because the the money that's involved in that is quite Absolutely. high you know if you've got um uh a major failure. It's pretty hard to go back to a shareholder and say, "Whoopsies, that didn't work." Um, <laughs> you know. So there's uh, been a
0: lot of companies, though, that they got <laughs> shareholders like, "Whoops,
1: Oops. really shouldn't have gone down that road." Yeah. Um, but yeah, to that extent, I mean, there's there is definitely some smaller scale trial and error that happens that takes place to mitigate major problems and just work through those kinks before they go to something that's going to be a larger batch for sure. But how fun for, you know, people like you. Oh, oh, This must be such an exciting time. What a time to be alive. I'm just saying, what a time to be alive. That's the wrong Because this is really new. Like, has there
0: ever been, like, a a craft beer or craft, um, like, brewery and distillery scene is, like, what there is now? Like, is this the first time ever that this has been happening?
1: Yeah, outside of, like, the 1500s when when women oh, were, there was nothing else. were yeah. brewing farm beers and people would go from town to town to try the different beer because there were no shared recipes. Um, this
0: is so cool. So this is, yeah. like, legitimately the first time in history
1: yeah. that we've been – wow, yeah, I think that's so cool. We're right at a precipice, like, right now. It's really – again, it's a real cool time to be alive um, because we're in over, say, even the past five years. Say ten years ago there were craft breweries, but they were – very few and far between and then you had the big guys but now and even
0: if you weren't encouraging experimentation yeah like I feel like that's the one thing behind these like the the encouragement of stepping outside the box and you know sharing something new and people willing to want to try something new totally yeah you know because like when I was young if somebody would have given me this parting kiss I would have been like
1: yeah I'm going to stick with the Molson Canadian totally
0: you know what I mean right. but, like, yeah. but like now I'm like wow I'm just like I wonder what else is out there like that's immediately
1: well, yeah. what I think of and t- like and totally defend Molson too like I mean we certainly went through that you know like yeah. what's your favorite out of the top three it's, you know whatever whatever you would throw out there Coors I like MGD yeah, yeah. And you MGD. Would fight to the death for your MGD <laughs> absolutely you know but um, with option comes choice and with Choice, you just have you know, it, it just opens your world right up. So, we're tasting again back to back with the Parting Kiss Bourbon Barrel Label. We've gone back to the Mistress of My Soul Saison. So, why do we always come back to the Mistress of My Soul Saison? So, this one, um, we're coming back to this one because it is the cleanest. That is, it's got, there's some stuff going on, but it has the least amount of hops. Because this tastes like fruit juice to me now. Totally, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think we're going to find the most variants from beer to beer coming back to the mistress because it's dry, it's not... Um, it doesn't have that uh, higher residual sugar. It has a really neutral style palette. I mean, when we first sampled it, um, we could probably go back and we'll hear like, oh, it's got some, it's got a little funk, and it's. Um, maybe has a little yeast, and it's got some fruity notes to it, and it's it's delicate and all of these things. But when you start to remove the certain flavor tones because of the previous beer that you had, I think it's a really good indicator just to see how things change in your palate. oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. and I just find it shocking though, that
0: it even does to like to that degree, totally right. Like i I just wish everybody could experience like how. Much this Mister My Soul stays on changes with each one. Like it is uncanny. Like it yeah. is literally like an entirely different product. Totally. Yep. Exactly. So but like, like sh- the one cool part that I find about is when you read the description about like what it is or what's in it. Yeah. You know, because like I was because I'm not enough of like you know I don't I'm not connected with it enough to understand like to experience each one of those flavors each time. Mm-hmm. But. It seems like when we have these different beers in between and come back to that, I can I can then experience that different aspect of it. Yeah. So now I really feel like I've experienced
1: that beer as a whole. Totally, right? It's like you're drinking it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's really – it's a cool experience, and, and, again, that's why we go back to that. And then you can think, again, if you were to have, like, the parting kiss and cheers and – after having, you know, the Saison, you've gone back and forth, you've tried them. Now you can think like, okay, I know what the Parting Kiss tastes like. I know that it's got, it has a little bit of that, that bourbon-y quality. It's a little scotchy. Um, it's going to pull some vanilla from the bourbon cask. You're going to get some oaky notes. It's got a little bit of a sweetness because of the malt. Some, there's a little bit of hop in there. What can I think of that would taste good with that? Definitely barbecue. I think I think barbecue sauce with this one all day long. Yeah. All day long. I Um, like some,
0: like, real saucy ribs. Oh, like, like, and they're just dripping all over the place. Yeah, like, somebody just keeps bringing the lemon water bowls over (laughs) to dip your fingers in. It's like, (laughs) saucier the better, just like... You know, I wanted like a big beer stein that I can bang down on a yeah. big wood table if yep. we go through. Like that's that's in my mind. That's what I process.
1: And you know, it's so funny. It's, and it's funny that you say that. So if the if the parting kiss is your your saucy rib, the mistress of my soul stays on is your lemon water that's clearing your palate. Yep. And that's that's what and that's also why I use this one because that's priming us for every beer after that because it's it is dry and it's just gonna strip out all of the sugar that we've had in this and the hops that we've had in some of the other ones and just start us fresh so that we don't have that imparting flavor from these heavy beers carrying on into the next one. Because that'll give us a skewed Concept of what the beer actually is.
0: So it's like you know when we're at the beach in the middle of the day, we start off with the Mistress of My Soul, and then as we get to the bonfire, we go with the Party Kiss.
1: Ah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep, it's uh, yeah, and well, this one, so that's seven percent too. So that tastes like an evening good time. The saison is sitting you at six, so it's not that big of a difference. But after the day has moved on and it's been a little bit hot outside, you know your palate is ready for something that's a little bit. Little bit heavier. It's like a hug from the inside. You're going to settle down a bit and then maybe jump up and have a guitar sing along. Who knows? Who knows? See, and I think do. that's the
0: thing too is like understanding like the time of day with like the different beers as well. Yeah. You know, not it's not just like MGD all day, every day. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, like you have like your breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you
0: kind of go through like your different stages and stuff, right? Yeah.
1: So. We hear sometimes in, in the wine world where um, people will have a wine or you could do the same thing. You'll have a beer and you'll have it at a tasting room or, or what have you. And then you take your bottle home and you have it. And the conditions with the product itself and your glassware, because glassware makes a difference, um, as we know with wine, but it does with beer as well. Um, you'll find that maybe the experience the flavor isn't exactly as you had when you were in the tasting room or with um, friend XYZ or the time of day and all of that plays in. And there's really neat literature now that talks about how, not only is the product going to the flavor profile, the mouthfeel, and the smell of the product going to impart your decision making, but also the environment in which you buy it in. So if you have this and you're there with your two best friends and you're laughing and it's so good and you buy it, you're always gonna remember that really good time. You're gonna remember the best parts of whatever the product is. So when you take it home, you crack it open or you, you pop your bottle of wine, you drink, you're like kind of isn't what I thought I had. And you had a little bit of buyer's remorse. It's definitely real. And sometimes it just all comes down to your environment is impacting whatever your body is thinking and processing when you're ingesting the product. I think it's terribly interesting. See, Um, and
0: even when you say that, I I almost feel like with, with the experience that we've had today and like what these beers can do and like what they can bring to you it's almost a shame that you buy them in a liquor store yeah it's so generic yeah totally it's just like this real like washed out run-of-the-mill generic experience that I feel like even when you go to buy something like the visual representation of it like the atmosphere that's in there the feel that you get from when you come back home like that would change the experience that you'd have at home because you know even like with this like we're in a pretty like you know an unorthodox environment <laughs> yeah. sitting around like drinking but <laughs> yeah. you know but again it comes back to like the company and the experience and like just yeah. like being encapsulated in that moment
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's so much further than that too like it's you know because when I see like these beers it's like you know knowing that it has such like a you know like like a Scottish kind of feel to it, it's like you know like I'm I want to almost be kind of cold you know walking is like a seaboard you know like down to like some like little one-off place you yeah. know where there's a maybe like a grandpa there's willing to tell you a story and like you almost don't <laughs> want to go mean. in because you know it's gonna be a 45 minute experience and you you just want your couple of beers to be able to go home and you know like this nope. that's what I see with it and that's almost what, and it's a shame that we just go to like these liquor stores and just buy it yeah
1: yeah the beauty thing with again with the culture that it has developed and is continuing to develop develop, at least in the lower mainland other parts of bc down into washington state where you've got a really close proximity of brewers between each other and to communities that you live in is you can go to the breweries in your area, sample beers and enjoy them. Go take a little road trip for us. like Say we go up to or in Vancouver, Brewers Row in, in uh, Port Moody or, or East Van, Yeast Van, and, and go on a little walking tour and sample their beers. You can enjoy all of that and then use the – because you can buy the majority of beers that you taste at – the brewery itself. Some of them are are um, special, just keg only. You can only get them there. Sometimes you can get growler fills and take them home. But when you leave what's there, what's a growler? Ooh, so those are um, uh, larger style So I think it's 32 or 64 ounce glass jars. So uh-huh. it's kind of like you know like. The I always have the picture of like the um the old redneck sitting on the porch like playing the jug. Like two X three. With the two of the X's yeah. on them, yeah. yeah. So it's essentially the jugs. Um and you can fill them up. Uh there's the smaller, like one liter or the bigger, almost two liter bottle, and then you fill it up with whatever you want. It's got a screw cap. Um there's some that have uh, little um, CO2 cartridges so it could turn into a mini keg at home and then you just put it in your fridge and you can enjoy the beer at your leisure wow they're fabulous and they're really great for brews that are uh, brewery specific so they're not packaging them you can take it if you really enjoy it, it just take them home with you and the growlers you can uh, take them from establishment to establishment they're not you know, oh. just for, you don't just buy a trading post and then only go to trading posts. You can take it anywhere. See, I'm surprised that you can even buy it like that and take
0: yeah. it home with like the restrictions that we have with driving around <laughs> with alcohol. Nowadays.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You just have to make sure that you're, don't keep your alcohol in your front seat. Make sure you throw it in your trunk. Um, it just has to be out of arm's reach so that they, because it isn't an open, it's not a sealed product. It's an open product. So you have to make sure it's in your trunk or away from you. Um, should you unfortunately get pulled over for speeding five over the limit or whatever the case oh, is? Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a great option. Um, the growler is is fabulous. Uh, yeah, and especially like we'll we'll get growlers a product if we're gonna go out to like say go on a road trip somewhere or you're going out of town or if you're out of town like say you go up when you to- say you're getting a
0: growler going on a road trip Well, you know nothing that leads me to believe that that shit isn't truck.
1: for ultimate destination <laughs> purpose well it's pretty hard to sit because they're like again think to our like boop boop our jug it's got this tiny little handle atop at it's pretty Plains impossible spoons. yeah that's right yes go. we just got really yokel really quick here but anyways, um, yeah, for like ultimate destination or, or for instance, um, in the summer, i a group of friends and I will go out to Tofino and we'll go surfing. And when we're out there, we'll grab something at Tofino brewing and then come back or you'll grab it there and then take it back to the house you're staying at kind of DLA. It's going to save you on packaging. It's recyclable. It's reusable, a little bit better for the environment that way. And it's cheaper overall too. Um, your growler fills are considerably less than buying a pre, packaged product
0: really yeah see and that brings me back to the packaging too i wanted to ask you i'm glad you brought that up Mm -hmm. why why cantor bottles how do they make that decision and then the uv proof bottles
1: ah okay so let's hit uv proof bottles first so um beer like a wine product can spoil based on uv and so
0: i think you should pour us a little bit more i think so
1: well tell me what's your poison at this point in the day do you like your red ipa your hazy ipa your saison or your barrel-aged ale? I don't even
0: know because this one keeps changing so much. I know. Much.
1: Let's uh, let's do another little testy test.
0: We didn't do the official test with these two. These two. I don't.
1: Okay. So what I'm gonna do? We're gonna pour some of the hazy. I'm going to pour you a little bit of the red, and then we'll go back to the hazy. So okay. you're just going to get a splash of each, and we'll talk about these as we go. So Don't worry. I already warned
0: all my clients coming in for the rest of the day that I'm just like, well, I'm like, if I'm a little on the fuzzy side, I'm like, don't worry. Don't worry. Just, just go with it. Today. I'm going to be extra fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like when, I have a lot of clients like later on in the, the day that they're like, please don't drink coffee. Oh. Yeah, because apparently I'm a little bit too much to handle when I drink coffee in the afternoon.
1: So interestingly enough, I don't drink coffee. I I really enjoy tea, but coffee for me, I get like super jittery. And so, in a life previous to my alcohol life, um, I ran businesses in town here, and they could always tell when I had a coffee because I a million miles a minute and when I get a little stressed out I talk to myself and so apparently my second personality would really come out and I'm really handsy and then I get jittery <laughs> and then I crash hard and so like roll up the rim to win time was always the worst for me because they would be like hey Jen it's roll up time and I'm like well you can't win unless you play and so That's they would right. just jack me up with coffee and then watch me spin around and then crash in the afternoon but you,
0: you should be happy that you don't because now that Starbucks has these nitros oh Oh, have you had one? Uh, so I had. Um, I, I feel schizophrenic when I have one. Like <laughs> when they when they charge you more, two dollars more right. for a grande because of the amount of caffeine alone that's in them. Right? There's some crazy shit happening. It's yeah. Like yeah. I, the other day I went like probably like a week ago and like I'm just I told everybody I'm like I don't even know what to do with myself I'm like I can't talk fast enough I can't walk fast enough I can't move my body fast enough and it it's right before a spin class and I was just like I'm like okay I'm like Four hours later, I'm like, let's keep on going. But it's like falling
1: off their bikes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it was incredible. I'm like this experience is like mind-blowing. Like, and then I looked at it, there's like 350 milligrams of caffeine in one of them. I was oh like, God. wow, that's oh like a God. jammer in a bottle. No doubt. And the one thing I said to them, I'm like, you serve it cold. Yeah. Which means you drink it faster. Yeah. Like they're just like throwing you under the bus in yeah. every way possible. Totally. That's totally. Funny. I think
1: that's that's straight addiction. That's yeah. what that's. Absolutely. Oh, man. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I uh, I had one of the – there was only like two Starbucks you could get them at, and it was uh, like an affogato. So um, the ice cream, they'll put like a, a daub of ice cream, and then they'll pour the nitro cold brew over top of it. Um, and that was lovely. And then I had jitters my whole drive back to the valley, and then I had the best <laughs> nap, and that's the last time I had one of them. So yeah. it is what it is. You know, <laughs> know your limit, play with it. Who says that?
0: BC Lotto, I think. <laughs> the hell with them and their bullshit slogans. Right?
1: <laughs> so this, okay, again, we've gone back to the, uh, what is this? Oh, the, the hazy IPA. Yep. Super pleasant. Easy drinker. It's uh, quite sessionable. Um, it's not overbearing by any means.
0: What would you have to eat right now if there was something on the table? <sighs> Man.
1: Man. If we were, if I was, if I was thinking ahead of time and were to bring something. No,
0: no, no. If there was a chef here that said, Jen, <gasps> oh, I can snap these magic fingers of mine and bam, there's anything on this table that you want.
1: Oh, man. What is it? Oh, man. You know what? I would like just like a seafood crepe um, with just a drizzle of lemon juice on top or, oh man, or, or just snack and crack and crab with some lemon butter. Oh man. Or, oh, you know what? um, There's a recipe in the family for this like orzo salad. And you put like just this bucket of spinach and a little bit of orzo and balsamic vinegar and lemon and feta cheese. That's what I want with this right now. Yeah. Or crab. All the crab.
0: I'm going to go with crab and feta cheese.
1: Just crab and feta. That's it. Just straight up That's crab that, and
0: feta. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, now I'm hungry. Okay. Okay, here we go. Red IPA. Like, we should call Heather right now. I know. <laughs> Come on over. Yeah, like Heather, like you're you're 40 feet away.
1: I know. Oh, and it was her birthday too. So. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Well, it's a good thing we had this conversation. <laughs>
0: Let's bring her over a half-drink a half, uh, drink bottle of beer.
1: <laughs> Look what we've, we found for you.
0: <laughs> we started celebrating your birthday early.
1: That's right. I'm sorry you couldn't make it. <laughs> I know you're working. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's funny. Oh Wish she's going to be here in a half an hour and I'll oh, just perfect. be like, be like laying on the table and be like, it's your birthday. Sorry, Gem
1: was here. <laughs> you remember. <laughs>
0: I pre-warned you about
1: this. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So now we're going to hit some of the red IPA.
0: And to tie that in for everybody, uh, Heather owns one fish, two fish seafood market in Langley. And that's the reason why we were saying that. Absolutely amazing. And all the crab that you could eat. Yes. That's why we were saying that.
1: They're fabulous. They, uh, yeah, ocean-wise, they're actually fishmongers. So they're not just buying in pre-cut everything. You can oftentimes see them in there, like actually slaying some fish. So, And it's good. And the product is good. And I like them for that.
0: We were, I was over there doing some oyster tasting a couple of days ago, and uh, oh my yeah, it's just like this. I was like, I had no idea that oysters tasted so differently. Mm-hmm. She walked me through the whole experience, and like, there was these ones reading from PEI that were super buttery. And yeah. like, and the one thing I realized, they're not all grainy. I always thought no. like, oysters were really sandy. I didn't like them, and I'm like... you you just like try to swallow them real quick but I'm like she's like no you gotta chew them and experience them I'm like, what? Chew them and experience them. I'm like I don't think so yeah. but then I started chewing them it's like wow it's just like these beers like yeah. when, when you're with somebody who knows how to walk you through the experience that's
1: fantastic it. yeah it makes all the difference in the world for sure God, I love oysters so much I um, my best oyster experience I used to be a, um, a softball Canada umpire and we uh, would go down to Washington and, and ump softball down there and we were at their um the district head's house and he had on his back porch a barbecue and he was just shucking these oysters that were the size of like nerf footballs um just heat them up a little bit and we had oysters like well past midnight but you have to wake up at six o'clock and like do <laughs> so, ball so that was a bit of a nightmare but oh yeah i'll never forget that i was like 15 20 years ago and it was just the best it was but that doesn't that take us right back to the Absolutely. time and place and the people you're with and and you know and the sun is setting and and people are drinking beers and it's fabulous so good yeah. i'll never forget it see so. and those are the things that we remember and those are the things that we should remember mm-hmm. like that's what the experience is all about make memories people yeah. Make memories. Cause when you're old, you gotta have stories to tell each other.
0: And even when you can't remember those memories, there's something that's gonna kick them in. You that's know, when right. the dementia falls over and you're that's just like, Wow, right. I remember when I was Are sitting you... around with Jed drinking in the that's back of right.
1: the gym. <laughs> just big fish the rest of it. Just make up yeah. everything. <laughs> you know, be the hero of your own story. So this one,
0: um That smell is so different now. Totally, right? I'm trying to figure out like what I smell in this one.
1: Yeah. This this one again. For me, I I pull right back to that that plummy like ripe cherry.
0: Fruit I really gotta getting... smoke a plum and see if that's what it smells like.
1: Totally right. Yeah.
0: I have to. Yeah. Because it's it like I, my mind just wants to say that's what a smoked plum <clears throat> smells like.
1: Or like um, have you ever had a grilled peach? No. Grilled peaches are lovely too. They make a great salad, um, and that actually okay. It would just really bring the sugars
0: out. It would just, oh, totally.
1: Be so sweet, it's like grilling it? a lemon. Yeah. You know, and when you grill the lemon, you get that that really caramelized. Like the bitter, the sour goes away, and you just get this really cool, like rich sweetness, and then. You squeeze the lemon and all that sour comes back through. I, I, I eat them till the cows come. And home. you know
0: what? When you grill a lemon, like mm. just like the the peel is nice to eat too. Totally. Like I, I know that sounds weird, but like it just. I really enjoy eating the whole thing when you grill. A lemon. Yeah,
1: it's like stewing. You can um you can take citrus fruit, sour citrus fruits, and slice them thin, and then just stew them in their own juice, and then eat the whole thing like the pith and all. And the flavor changes so much. They're so good. Now we're going to go right back to this one and hit this one quick while you still got all that flavor in your mouth.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, what does that taste like? It's so fresh.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's because it's dry, you get more of that freshness comes out too. Is this the one that has
0: jackfruit in it or like a jackfruit, not jackfruit in it, but it has like a, like a, an essence of jackfruit or passion fruit. Yes. Fruit. Yep. Like I, I taste that. Yep. Totally. It's so fresh.
1: Yeah. So that tells you if it wasn't the beer that we were drinking, if you were drinking or eating something that had a bit more sweetness to it, that's the flavor that you would get out of this beer paired with that menu item. Yeah,
0: and that's how you do it, eh? That's how you do it. So like, see, and that's why you need to like have uh, these little tastings,
1: you know, so you just you understand it so much more. It's like a science, you know, and it's it's really just math. If you add something, something's going to drop out, or it's going to increase. And so this, we added we added some of the sweetness, we added some of the hops. So what was left out of this one, um, the only flavor profile that was left out of this is going to be um, dry, and it's going to be fresh, and it's going to be citrus.
0: It's so fresh.
1: Cool. So let me ask you this. Mm.
0: Do you agree that it enhances or takes away from putting CBD oil in beer? Like, do you think it's just a fad? Like, people... Just want to be able to sell more beers, so I'm going to drop a little CBD oil in it because it's just a fatty thing right now. Or do you think right. it actually does something for the
1: experience? Well, here's the legal standing on that in the province of British Columbia. I don't care about that. The you as a beer producer, these guys, any commercial establishment cannot uh, mix a alcohol product with CBD and sell it. Interesting. You will never see that in our lifetime unless major changes happen. But as the law is set up now, you can't. Oh, so what I'm thinking of is then
0: wines.
1: Or no, I thought there was beers. No, nope. There's something, isn't there? Yeah. Whole, you can do it homebrew. There's some homebrew home recipes. Homebrew. Okay. This is, yeah, yeah. But as a, commercial, as a commercial producer, they can't do that. The way they get around that. So um, there is a loose but real connection between hot plants and cannabis plants. Um, the flavor profile Who
0: says you mean they're just plants.
1: Yeah, they're just plants. There's, there's evidence that they may have at one point in time come from the same origin really? plant, but wow. the research on that has not been super conclusive through my research. Yeah. Um, there's, I think, uh, I think the, like, I love science or science American science science something science um talks quite a bit about that and because there is definitely flavor similarities there's plant similarities and all of this they can't for certain say it is 100 percent from the same plant that spliced off and then um, changed and evolved but you there are definite similarities so there's producers out there that are now making beer that has the same flavor profile as what you would find in cannabis and how they do that. um, There's a company that's coming out right now called Lifted uh, based in the lower mainland that's making beer that uses the hemp plant of the same genus as the, um, or similar to the cannabis plant to give you that same flavor profile so when it comes down to but all you're gonna get out of that is flavor experience um there and calming effect but you get the same calming effect from the beer that comes from the hand from the hops um the difference being no cannabis is in the product no cbd or the other oil the cannabinoid um is not present and so that it's it's a tough one are we ever going to see that on a legal standpoint, I really, based on the literature and what we're seeing now, probably not in any. Would any there be a benefit idiot. to the
0: product though? Like, would would it make it taste better? Would you would you know, or is there just there's no comparison yet, so we just wouldn't know. I
1: don't think just if we if we just think in terms of what we know about um, hop products. Um, it's really based on your palate and how you take it in uh, flavor-wise so whereas we're really enjoying this one this is we're gonna say like a 50 IBU the the hazy New England um, the red IPA was a 60 IBU uh, we can say the same thing for a, a cannabis infused beer it's really based on flavor profile uh, are you going to see the body effects out of that that's the other thing that Again, I am no expert, but just based on my readings, um, because it's home brewer based, the recipes aren't necessarily refined, and conclusion is not going to be steadfast and the same for everybody.
0: Well, that's like every CBD product right now, though, right? Where yeah. like it's kind of like everybody's just doing their own thing. <laughs> yeah. But um, my question, I guess, for you now though, is that. Do you think that the more, the bitter beers, like the higher IBU, mm-hmm. sorry, IBU, yep. like that, that is enhanced, you know, by the ones with like that are less bitter. Or do you think it's vice versa or like one in the same? Because I'm trying to, as you're, I mean, as I'm thinking about these beers, I'm trying to think, do I like the bitter one because it makes the the less bitter one better? Or do I like the bitter, like, well, like, what's the combination there? I'm, I'm trying to figure it out in my mind, like, which one of these I actually like better or if I just like them both. But because they keep changing, mm-hmm. I'm like, who's doing what?
1: <laughs> um,
0: I'm like, now we're a half a bottle into, like, four of these beers now. That I'm yeah. like, is, is that the problem?
1: Right. Yeah. It's, that, I mean, that's really, it's tough because the, if you are predisposed to like bitter whereas there's some people who are predisposed to really like sweet or otherwise, you're going to appreciate and go for a heavy hop that's a bitter hop and maybe not a juicy hop over anything. Otherwise, it really all just comes down to... But then uh, you should love that more bitter one. I should. Because then no. it enhances the sweet one so much more. Well, that's... And really, it depends on what, what they're doing. with Are you eating with it? Are you just enjoying it? Or is it hot out? and you're enjoying it. Um, is it a cool day? Personally, just and this is just for myself, I really like a hoppy, hoppy, like a huge hoppy beer when it's not so hot out. because It's like a good bowl of soup. To, well, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, because if you are... If you are, like, exerting yourself or it's smoking hot outside, you will find that your palate is going to change and you're going to want something that's a little bit more refreshing. And whereas a medium-bodied hop that's a little bit juicier, I find super refreshing. But if it's super hoppy, it's, like, too much for my body to kind of take in. Um, and it messes with my head a little bit. And then I don't enjoy it so much.
0: See, and I would love if I was having one of these ones that's um, less bitter. hmm That if I was to buy, like, a glass or a bottle of that, that I would almost want them to serve me, like, an ounce or two of the more bitter one. Yeah. And they're just like, you'll shoot this real quick because it's going to make your less bitter one better.
1: Yeah. 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 No, for sure. Um, I know a lot of, and I can't, you know, numbers, how can you say, but just in my experience, a lot of people don't, drink beers and then drink them back and forth and really think about them. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah,
0: because usually, like, that, that's what we've been talking about from the start. It's usually just about, like, let's get drunk or, yeah. like, but, like, this is just, like, it's a totally different experience.
1: This is it. Like, when when you start to do this and you start to think think about how different different products react in your body and how they react with each other and then include yourself in that, it's kind of hard to turn away um, it's like when you learn something, you can't unlearn it. And once you start to do that, I mean, you can sit back and just enjoy something. But if you're given many options, I will, I will always jump back and forth just to see how things change. And so.
0: Well, see, and like I feel like if I was only going to drink like a couple times a year, for example, or just like a few times, like very sporadically, I guess is more my point. Yep. I just, like, I feel like you're my new drinking buddy. Yeah. No, for sure. And, like, you can call me anytime and say, like, I just, like, this because, you know, if you're just going to have, like, this is, like, this to me, because I guess I'm kind of, like, such an education junkie. Yeah. And this kind of seems like I'm getting schooled in something, so I I enjoy it so much more. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, endless. It just seems so endless to me, because, like, we've only experienced four different beers. Yeah. And we've like there's such a spectrum on like this beater scale, but we haven't even got into like like vodka and scotch and gin and you know, just so like much. and like never mind all the wines and champagnes and like there's just there's so much. Yep, exactly. And I just I love hearing about it. And like the like the thing that I love the most is like like questioning about like what you would eat with all of these too. or like yeah. you know, like what makes the experience better because you know a big part of like this podcast and just like what I feel about life in general is just how can we make all these things better? Cause mm-hmm. so I feel like we went through a real period of time in life where everything became so generic and yep. just washed out. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting back into like, just like the refined experience. you know, like what beer does this and what wine does this, you know, like what food is going with what, like yeah. where we just are going to appreciate things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I love that this, Cause there's very few things in today's world that I feel like are genuine and new, yep. you know, like in technology, I know it's new, but I just don't really feel like it's who we are as people, you know, but like alcohol's always been around and like a big part yep. of it was because we just couldn't drink the water and it was a way for us to be able to not get sick, you know, drinking like water and having something to be able to consume. But now it's just this art Yes. and we've never seen it before ever. Yeah. yeah. I love
1: that. Yep. Exactly to the extent that it is at now, for sure, and and just reinventing something that's always been there and introducing it to audiences that may not have had that experience, you know, even to the extent of what we're doing today, you know, beer has been here and you know it's been here, and now you're finding a new way to really enjoy that and enhance your experience, and isn't that cool?
0: Yeah, this is this was not beer to me before. Like you opened my eyes. You know, to, like, a completely different side of, like, what the options for beer are. Yep, yep. And now when people, like, I look back at all the conversations I had with people before, I'm just like, wow, Blake, you're just so ignorant. You know, <laughs> well, like, again, you don't know what you know yeah. if you don't know. But I wasn't even willing to try to understand. Yeah. You know, but in a, again, too, like, if it wasn't for, like, I really feel like it took that beer with, like, the champagne yeast, the champagne hops, it really was, like, Blake. Like, there's just this whole world out there. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was one of these, I could have been, like, yeah, I kind of understand. Yeah. But, like, that one was just so much different than anything I've ever tried before, totally. ever.
1: Yeah. yep, exactly. And hopefully we get to do this again, and we'll, you know, we'll bring in some food to see, you know, and maybe a lineup of one style of beer and see how they can change from producer everybody using the same ingredients and then just see how they can change from product to product and then how food really impacts you know based on actually tasting food and not just um, guessing forward based on the ingredients that we have in front of us because that it's really it's really mind-blowing and it it will open up so much you know even if you're not if you're not pairing with alcohol if you're pairing with you know, say you make a, a non-alcoholic um, uh, drink that's yogurt and mango based, you know, that can offset uh, any kind of meal that you're having. If you're having something spicy, yes, the yogurt's going to reduce that. And if you've got the sweetness of the mango, that's going to enhance the spice. So how is that going to play into something that you're having? It really It's really just scratching the surface and what it all comes down to is being experimental and being willing to try new things because there are so many things out there and so much more new is coming around every day that you really can't get bored with doing it. It's Again, it's such a great time to be alive. With yeah, your- just the
0: experimentation, and like I said like the willingness that people want to experiment yep. to me is
1: absolutely amazing. It's awesome. No, it's so good, and as long as people continue doing that, I think that we're as consumers, we are really lined up for some exciting things to come.
0: Yeah, and we're what I think in my mind. Next time we're going to do this is like I know a few chefs. And I think what we should do is we should either go to like one of their restaurants and do like, you know, we or I podcast like on location somewhere else Mm -hmm. and really bring this experience home Yeah. and stuff. But um, unfortunately we got to wrap this up, but I want you to tell people how to be able to get a hold of you, to be able to, you know, like purchase your guys' services, to be able to bring you in and be able to have this experience on their own. Because I really, truly feel like it's something that everybody needs to experience is this kind of education when it comes around you know like beers or spirits or wine like it's just it's incredible
1: you betcha so you can find us online where our website is www.kisconsulting.ca it's kiss consulting Um, you can find me on instagram facebook Uh, What's the other one? Twitter. It's Jen at Kiss, uh, J-E-N-A-T-K-I-S. And you can find me across all platforms there uh, and also in the community. We are at multiple events for we represent um, beer, wine, spirit, cider. Um, Primarily, we deal with uh, boutique, craft made local products. We have some bigger brands as well, but uh, we really find passion in in helping smaller products develop and grow within the community showcasing what they have to offer based on the ingredients that you're they're using and and all locally made so um if you're in the local area lower mainland you'll be able to find us around uh, and we've got an events page that we put on our facebook it's kiss consulting at kiss consulting at uh, on facebook and i keep that pretty updated fairly regularly awesome well, thank you very much, Jen, and all that information, you guys,
0: the the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, website, all that stuff is going to be in the description on this podcast um, to be able to get a hold of Jen and, you know, really talk to these guys about bringing them in and, you know, showcasing this experience for you. But uh, thank you very much, Jen, for coming in.
1: Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much.